0: Oh, hi there. Welcome back to the Game Alones podcast with me, Sam, your host. And today I'm joined by another Sam well, Sammy, Sammy Mabarak who is the owner and director, CEO, you know, head honcho of MEX Sales and Lettings, which is the number one Lettings agent in the whole of Birmingham. I think they've won it three years on the trot now at the Agents Awards. So congratulations to them. But he is obviously the ideal person to get on the show to talk about what's going on in the property market at the moment. So we had a nice little natter over at our studios in Solihull um, the other week about what's going on, not only in the sales market, but also in the Lettings market, because they have just rented. The most expensive property in Birmingham. So um so Sammy knows a little bit about what's going on in those markets. So if you enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot on your phone of yourself listening to it, push it onto, um, onto Instagram, on your stories, tag me at the Sam Norris, tag Sammy at Sammy Mubarak and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get this shared around with as many people as possible because I think there's a ton of value in there for anyone who is in the property world in any way, shape or form. So let's just get on with the podcast, shall we? Here's my interview with Sammy Mubarak. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Game of Loans podcast. Today, we're in the studio and I'm joined by my good friend, Samuel Mubarak from Mex Property, Sales and Lettings. How are you doing, buddy? Yes, yeah, right? I'm How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Well, I'm happy that you're here. Yeah, all same lucky. I know, exactly. We have, did try and do this last week um, <laughs> and it didn't quite work, but uh, but we're here now. But yeah, Sammy, so, I mean, thanks for coming in. What I really want to talk to you about today is obviously what's going on in the market, sales and lettings, both having interesting starts to the year, um, end of last year was a bit difficult. And, um, yeah, just, just get your opinion on, on property in general. But I do also want to talk to you about mechs because, as you know, I'm a big fan. Yeah, And I you. really enjoy the stuff that you do online. I think it's very, very different to what a lot of other agents are doing, which sets you apart. Um, so we'll get onto that. But um, to kick us off, do you want to do a little intro? Yeah, of course. Yourself? Yeah.
1: First, thank you for having me on to the game alone. You're welcome. And uh, I'm glad that you liked my stuff and you're following it. But don't get me wrong, this is not original. You know, a lot of it you see in America, you see in other countries, and you just like, you get your own twist on it. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like I'm getting my twist on on other people's content, creating it for myself. And uh, I, I'm doing it with like an honest approach. So, like, a, a no nonsense, no bullshit sort of manner. And I think mm. people find it quite refreshing. Absolutely. And that's it's sort of like how I've run Mex for since the start. So, Mechs has been trading since 2009, which is a very long time ago. It's like, well, I was a young kid mm-hmm. and didn't really know what I was doing. I came out of uni, uh, worked part time for estate agents, the memory redundant. So then I thought, all right, I sort of know what I'm doing, I think. So I made a company. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started in my house, having dinner with my dad. He said, here's a company name, here's your uh, here's your company's house certificate, you can use it.
0: Amazing. A year later,
1: trading for a year, HMRC, a letter, 25 grand in uh, unpaid tax. I was like, this is not my debt. So I spoke to them, and they said to me, God. the best thing to do, close the company and literally that's it and there was no debt to pay they just literally wiped it off from day one wow so from 2010 we started fresh so now we're going to be hitting our 13th slash 14th year it's a long time Mm. and i've literally ran it with the approach of just be uh, no nonsense no bullshit no filter just say as it is Mm. be open be transparent trustworthy to all your clients all the way through hold your head high and this is what works. Yeah. So many estate agents are renowned for just wearing terrible suits. I know you uh, worked at Foxton, so yeah. you've seen some some oh, uh, mate, bangers.
0: On that subject, can I tell you a funny story? <laughs> <Go on. laughs> we So when I worked at Foxlands, I was a trainee broker, so I wasn't actually like, in the branch or anything. I did have to visit every now and again, but I was at the head office. Head office, no clients, no customers, no nothing. It's just workers. But we had to wear a full suit and tie every day, <laughs> And not even that. My first day of training, I always remember I turned up with a blue suit and brown shoes and they, they looked at me like I'd just killed somebody. Oh, my God. It what was is that it? bad. was it pretty bad. Though. And it even got to a point where they felt the need to do a fashion show. So what they did was they got people in <laughs> to walk around the floor dressed in how everyone should be dressed in terms of like the type of suit, the type of shirt, the type of tie, the type of shoes. That they actually went that far with it. It was pathetic. You know what's quite good, actually?
1: That is... You'd be like tribunal level nowadays for that, wouldn't
0: you? It's just ridiculous. It wasn't that it? long ago, well,
1: was it, really? PC yeah. was not around. Like, I mean,
0: it was quite... It was a bit of, bit of, Wolf, Wolf of Wall, Street, like Wall Street-esque that. over there. I remember once... um, Now, bearing in mind I didn't want to go to this pre-Christmas, Christmas party thing that they, uh, they arranged anyway. I've gone along. I should say, by the way, I've got very little against toxins. They're actually a really good training... Gra- uh, like training ground for newbies that are getting into property, so got a lot of a lot, a lot of time for what they did for me. But this one particular thing is was dreadful. I didn't want to go to this this drinks after work because I knew that it would get Larry. And I, I actually lived an hour and forty five minutes away from the head office, um, and I knew that I then had to get in the next day as well. And I didn't want to do it on a hangover, so I didn't want to go. But they said I had to. It was mandatory that I had to go to this party, so went. Didn't want to drink. They told me it was mandatory that I had to drink. Um, got a bit drunk. Um, came in the next morning. I was late by 10 minutes. Um, so my punishment was I got put up, had to stand up in front of everyone in the whole sales floor and eat a, like a whole table's worth of mince pies because it was near Christmas in a minute or something. And then I was sick in front of everyone. It was the mo- one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life. Oh my gosh. Can you, can you believe that stuff like that actually happens? I love
1: that. I, I didn't when I organise socials I'm worried about the people that don't want to come because they it makes the, the numbers look smaller and smaller
0: Yeah.
1: and like, you can't actually there's no punishment for not coming to a social Yeah. but back then Fox and they were always, always well they haven't towed a the line have they were yeah. there their policies mm. my sister worked there for a couple of years Yeah. so I do know what they were like and they were on it with the timings eight to eight. Yeah. it's pretty strict but they give you a car
0: so well, like the, so the only, I didn't even get one of the cars because I was at head office.
1: Oh, gosh. I know it's yeah. the guy that works at the head office, but we're not going to start name dropping on podcasts, though. So. Mm. But. Before you interrupting there, were you asking about Max?
0: Yeah, I was. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're I just, just, not I just no, no. I just had because as soon as you said that, I just I had to say that jump. I jumped yeah. in with that, that little story. Yeah.
1: You know what? I'm, I'm exactly like that. And if I don't get it off my chest there and then, I'm not. i forget. I'm going to forget. Yeah. And yeah. like I have to think now. I'm thinking what was I talking about before? So now I remember what I was talking about. Yeah. 2009, 2010, and basically <laughs> I was just re- ref- uh, refreshing approach to this agency. I started off. up. Wearing chinos and shirts. Yeah. All right. Really relaxed. It worked really well. Lettings only. Mm-hmm. Doing fantastic business. Lots of repeat customers. I was, I actually went around all these, all, not all these their agents, all of the uh, news agents in the area. Okay. I spoke to them. I said, look, like I'm a local company. Just started up. Do you want to work with me? And I promise you, I would pick up probably a 100 properties in a wow. year doing that. And I don't actually do have all of them anymore. Some of them I still do, but... A fantastic way of picking up, like, quick houses, student properties in a student area, mm. was that, and it was amazing. And it got like from having zero listings to like say thirty, for example, mm. in a space of two months. You're suddenly on the scene, and people are recognising you. That's and that, it. that worked really well.
0: It's actually amazing how even now in the digital age that we live in, if you walk down a road and you just see a load of sold signs with one particular estate agent, like that's the most visual way, isn't yeah. it? Of just of show, of just showing that you're doing well of shown that you're you're the you know the, the the leading agent in the area. Yeah, the boards are just still so important. It's massive
1: boards, breed boards. That's a massive saying in the industry, mm-hmm. and I think it's definitely true. And if anyone comes mm-hmm. to see me who hasn't seen me for a couple of months, they they say I've seen your boards everywhere. The first thing they say, they don't say I've seen your Instagram. I've seen well, that is happening a bit more now. Yeah, but they go boards. I've seen your boards everywhere. And I'm like, are they sold? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's fantastic, isn't it? Because a board up to let for sale, mm-hmm. and is it sold or let? It's not worth anything, really. Mm. And, um, and I've been pretty crazy with the boards, to be fair. Back in the day, I, I've always like, I get an idea, and I go with it, yeah. and if it works. Ready, fire, aim, yeah. I carry, I carry on, if it fails, i just stop and change. Yeah. I had this crazy idea, my old shop was opposite of vets. So I was like, I tell you what, I'm going to stick a dog on the board. So I had my board, my for sale board, and stuck a dog on it, and it Worked so well. Really, I had like a little rebrand with dogs for about about twenty four months, and being next to the vet, people saw a dog. It was on the A frame board outside as well. Yeah, people saw it, and they just connect straight away. They can talk about dogs. They come in the office. A couple of dog lovers in there, and it's just straight away relationships are built, aren't they? And mm. uh, it worked well, but we ditched it after about two years because we felt we needed to go a bit more. Mm. On the corporate side of the business, so we went for a whiteboard, yeah, from dogs to white, <laughs> and they we went to then now at a different level. Now, boards interesting, interesting subjects. And if a, if a vendor wants to sell a house without a board, I always think they're a bit crazy because mm. they don't know who is looking online, but your neighbors walk out of the house and see the house for yeah. sale, and they tell their friends or sisters, whoever is potentially buying it, yeah, yeah. or looking, they might, it might be another customer, might they? Exactly. So boards, again. We sidetracked there. But basically, 2010, uh, I uh, rebranded, restarted MEX. I and mean, in 2014, I started MEX Sales and Lettings. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that first four years, I was just a solid rental agency, mm-hmm. absolutely smashing out 20 lets a month, doing fantastic numbers, but not necessarily the highest fees, of but just getting the volume in, yeah. getting the, my name out there, getting the landlords knowing me. And it worked really well. Mm-hmm. I and mean, then 2014... I realized I was giving a lot of referrals to other agents for my sales because my landlords were saying, I want to sell. Mm-hmm. So I was referring out, getting a little fee from the other agent, but that didn't really sit well with me. As any business owner, they want to mm-hmm. slice it the pipe. Absolutely. The of yeah. So I then worked out how can I rebrand without it costing too much because it, rebranding can cost a lot. So we just, the simplest thing in the world, we just put the same logo and put sales and lettings mm-hmm. and call it MEX, sales and lettings. And it's pretty much stuck till about 2020. Mm-hmm. Where we dropped it to Mex Property, and uh, now you can see it's just Mex. We understand yeah. property. Hopefully, people know what it, what the, they recognise the brand now. But the actual um, the words have a meaning to me. So it's my surname, estate, and construction service. So Mex does mean something.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it, people always ask that question. It's a bit of a conversation opener. Mm-hmm. We're not your typical estate agent. You know, state We're not status quo. So we don't have a status quo name. If that makes sense as well. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't love property, I wouldn't be in this industry. If I'm honest, yeah, it's a tough industry, very competitive. I don't like dropping my fees down, but mm-hmm. you sometimes have to for a business decision to get yeah. some business. But everyone's all about cheap, cheap, cheap. They want everything up there in terms of service and the value of the house. They want their fee down here, mm-hmm. and I'm my job is to get that gap like that. I want to be able to basically
0: charge. Sure. that's that's the thing, though, isn't it? I think there's there's there is two types of business. You can get you get the the cheap business or you have an experience business, which is people are quite happy to pay because they know that the experience they're going to get through working with you is at that level. And like you say, sometimes you've got to try and merge the two and try and find a bit of a middle ground. But if you're going in with the quality, um, and as, you know, as we've already alluded to, some of the marketing stuff you're doing, the quality of the photos, the videos of, of the properties that you're doing, um, you know, having an in-house person just doing that, which is amazing. It does separate you from the pack a little bit, and I know you've said you know that comes in as you know the American estate agents do it, but it's still it's still not a massive thing on here. Um It's uh, over over in the UK, sorry. It's
1: it's, it's not, not only agents pushing marketing
0: because they see it as like just it's just almost shit. like an unnecessary expense. It's a
1: cost because houses it yeah. sold so quickly and rent so fast. They're like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You got we see marketing as like not only pulling in more buyers and and tenants, also attracting more vendors and mm-hmm. landlords because. Every landlord wants the house to be shown in the best light. Yeah, and if you don't show in the best light, there's a chance they may not. They may have got less money. Yeah, and that's sort of how I try and leave my valuations. If you don't go with us, there's a chance that you may get less. Yeah, and it, if you want to go to bed at night and worry that you may have got more, and it's, don't go with me.
0: I suppose the positive thing is if you're paying a percentage fee as well, then all you're saying is, look, yeah, okay, you, you, you'll pay more, but it's only a percentage of what we will get you. So. You, Net, you're going to make more money. So that's that's, I guess, the the, the sell the sell on there and yeah. and yeah. Look, if if you're, I think most most agents are not too dissimilar in terms of their 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 pricing in the middle. Um, so if you're going, if you're showing that actually, if they do come with you, they they're not only just going to get the standard stuff an agent gets, but they're going to get all this other marketing and stuff like that that comes with it. That's a, that's a massive selling point. Yeah, of um, course it is. Was and the it? quality is really good.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what we did when we set up Mex. We realised, don't do things how everyone else does it. Mm. Like you got, you see most listings now, the agent standing up here, taking a photo, aiming down at the room. You can just see it a million miles away. Yeah. It takes. It doesn't take a long time to train on the camera. It doesn't take a long time to work out how to take a good photo. It doesn't take yeah. ages. It just takes a little bit of time to study, it and it's done. Once you've got it in your head, you're always learning, mm-hmm. and. The marketing is something which has really helped us grow with a sales side. And we also use, like, you know, we've got Drone Pilot Works and yeah. Mechs. We use drones for lettings now as well. Um, because and
0: that's something that is not utilized in, in that Because it's, it's expensive. Yeah.
1: But we just rented the most expensive flat in Birmingham and the video was ridiculously. It was like a, a blockbuster. Oh, I saw spot. it. And it got it got a lot of views online. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is, we couldn't even fly the drone that day because it was so so like cloudy and wet. We couldn't send it up. Oh, no. But if we did, we could have got a tiny bit more. But we broke the record. Four grand rental for a three bed flat is is ridiculous for Birmingham. It's like it's even like London prices. Yeah. coming here.
0: Well, that was it. I think um, I was talking to, to to someone in your office about it, and they they asked me go and guess. And I was so far out, (laughs) I was so far out, so much under. And then when she said it, I went, that's incredible. That's actually amazing. Because obviously as a Londoner, native Londoner, coming up here, one of the first things you do see is the difference in property prices and lettings work and stuff and yeah, to, to hear to hear that kind of figure was pretty insane. So
1: well, I was involved with like the actual refer process as well. Mm-hmm. So not financially, but they got me in in last summer. So as it was midway through, they're like, what shall we do to get the most rent? Mm-hmm. And honestly, we rented, we valued it at two eight, two nine back in last summer. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, I was like, this is special. Like every single uh fitting in there was designer. Mm-hmm. So it meant it had more value and therefore it attracted a higher calibre of tenant. Mm. and i can't really discuss the tenant but the it's, it's they're popular yeah so it's someone special and um, they're paying ridiculous rent for it yeah. and there's there's a couple more coming like that amazing we had a couple more just from that video from facebook because my instagram feed feeds the facebook as well yeah so i've got some people who follow me on facebook and some who follow my instagram mm-hmm. and just from that i had an instruction in mosley just down here. It's live now. We've got an open day tomorrow on it, and it's a 500K three-bed. Uh, it would be it would be a £3,500 rental. Mm. We then got instructed on a, a property in Selly Park, a £3,000 two-bed. Mm. So we're starting to get these higher-ticket rentals. Um, I missed another one. There's a three grand rental in in already gone, rented. Mm. Just from this video, people realise that we're not just dealing with like sales and media collecting. We're dealing with the high-end stuff, and it worked. It works, and if you're a business owner, you've got to show off what you're doing.
0: But what you just said there as well, having obviously I speak to um, investors all day long, and I'm surprised how many investors do not go and talk to agents and ask them, "What do your what? What are the people that are going to rent a property in this area? What do they want?"
1: They want exactly. It's just it's actually
0: because I, I, you know, I'm not some like high level investor. But I talk to them every single day and I see see what makes a good one versus maybe a not so good one. And I, one thing I, I get so many new investors say to me, you know, what should I be doing right now? You know, I haven't got, maybe I haven't got the money. I'm not quite ready yet. But I want to get into property, what am I doing right now? I'm like, go to your area, get to know all the agents. And what you do is you go to the lettings agents and you say, what, what's your perfect property? If I walked in right now, what, what you're going, this person's going to let a property for us. I really hope it's this. What is, what is that? Then they tell you. And then what you do is you skip across the sales side and you say, well, I need to buy some of them, please. Yeah. So as soon as they come on, just let me know. Because then your guy over there is really happy because they've just got the perfect property that they they know they're just going to let like that. They're going to make some money. Happy days. Um, And you've then also got a new landlord that I'll probably do my, my property management for you as well. <laughs> and, and it's actually incredible how many investors don't do that.
1: It's such an easy service to offer as well. You can do it on like a, a video call. You don't need to leave the office to do it for a landlord. Mm-hmm. We have lots of landlords consulting when they're buying properties, mm-hmm. what to buy, what roads, mm-hmm. not what area, what roads demand the most money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you might be in Harbour but one of the roads where you get a 1,000, a road three down, you might get 1,500. So mm-hmm. it's really important to speak to a letting agent. And a lot of the content we create is a, it's around that, like mm. engage a broker, engage a letting agent at the early days because they're the ones that are gonna get you the most money. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get the best deal and we're gonna get the most money in their in the pocket for rent. Exactly. And it's not, you don't have to be like traditional anymore. You don't have to go down the AST route. There's corporate lets. Mm-hmm. people use it as rent to serve as the accommodation. You've got a supported accommodation. Mm-hmm. You've got like halfway houses, care homes. There's so many different like models to go down for renting now. If you just if you're an investor, don't just look at the, the typical standard traditional residential because that is because of rates as well. Yeah, it's not the most attractive, yeah. is it? And you've already seen Ooh, that
0: at the moment. Well, exactly. And and actually, funny funny you should say that. I've um, I was having a, a Zoom call with a potential client last week, and similar to that, in terms of weighing up the what I call that the, the more sort of noisy type of properties in terms of. It creates more work for you, more work intensive type properties versus the old school single lets. It's amazing how many people go, oh, well, what I'll do is I'll start off with a few single lets and then I'll move into these. Like, no, 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 other way around. Because long term, you want a nice, easy, chilled out, low stress portfolio. That's what your retirement plan is. Your short term plan is to make as much cash flow as you possibly can to allow you to then go and convert it into one of those. So service accommodation, social housing, HMOs, the, these are the kind of um well, service, service accommodation, um, social housing isn't as much because it's quite passive. But the others, it's higher cash flow, yes, a little bit more work, but that's what you want at the start because you're trying to build as much money as you possibly can. And over time, you know, you're making money, making money, making money, goes into your holding company, straight back down into your, into your buy to let Portfolio and once you've got once you've got that up to the level you want, you can sell these off and with all the money that you use, you just keep buying more in the in the buy to let portfolio. And you can even get
1: into flips as well then. Exactly. And once you've got the capital and the cash flow, you can your world is your oyster. So oh. I think you are right. I think people are moving towards like the the less traditional style of rentals, and we're noticing that right now. Mm-hmm. And people are pe- there's lots of companies out there who are looking to rent properties and make their own money on top of it, but pay the rent anyway. Yeah. You get longer term contracts, less setup fees for the actual landlords to pay mm-hmm. the agents. Normally, they take a lot of the maintenance away from the property as well. Uh Less headache. And essentially, if there is a problem, they're easier to evict than a normal residential yeah. tenant. I literally went through this the other day with a lady. She's got a property in Newtown. And I said, look, it's probably not going to be the, the simplest rental as to a family here. It's going to be complex. It's going to be issues surrounding mm-hmm. it. But... If you put a wall up here, move this toilet downstairs, make it a four bed, I can probably get you fifteen hundred pound rent mm-hmm. compared to eight fifty. So, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I explained with all the risks and factors, and she's like, "I'm going to give it a shot with the company side mm-hmm. because it's the' a no brainer really, but it makes more sense." But so many agents aren't touching on that because so many agents are just stuck in that like old like, dinosaur level. We've got to do it how we've done it our whole yeah. life. Their mindset is terrible. They literally just find problems, not solutions. And I think it's so simple just to think outside the box and just try and find an alternative solution which someone else can't offer. Yeah, And that's what we're getting a lot of because we think, because I've, I've taught my staff to think like me. And uh, even on the valuations, the letting side, my team go in there and say, we've got alternative methods for rental, not your asylum seekers. Mm-hmm. Not always that, but we've got other things we can help you with to get you more rent. Yeah, it's all about education and talking.
0: And do you know what, I I always try and make a point of um, whenever I'm working with a client on a on a purchase, always I want to get in touch with every single other person that is involved in some way, shape, or form in that transaction. Of course, the agent is one of those. It's amazing how many brokers shy away from speaking to to agents. When I just think, a, it's a great opportunity to to work with somebody new and and and, and show them what you can do because you never know where that can lead. But also, it's it's amazing how everyone in a transaction is all working in the same direction, but they all feel like they're not. Um, and so getting on board with an a- agent early, hi, I'm Sam, I'm going to be doing the finance on this, just wanted to introduce myself, if you need anything, let me know. And then in, in so doing, you you mellow that, that relationship straight away. But, but I'm always shocked, I'm not shocked, but I am at the same time, with conversations I have with agents where they are quite obstinate to... Some of the stuff I'm talking to, talking to them about. So a great example was a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to an agent. Um, they're up in Mansfield, I think it was, um, and yeah, a client of mine's buying um, buying a large house, um, and they're going to turn it into an HMO. And I was talking them through. Basically, what had happened was their in-house broker um, had turned around to them and said, "You don't need to use a bridging loan because that's what we were using. You can just buy it with a with a buy to let mortgage." And I said, no, that's illegal. Um, but thank you so much, Mr. FCA, uh, regulated <laughs> broker for coming in and, uh, talking a load of garbage. Um, in fact, I did think to myself, should I report him? No, I haven't got time. Oh, don't um, they don't and, make his and, own mistakes. And, uh, and I, and I spoke, I spoke to the agent. And he said, well, look, you know, I work with this broker in house. I hear, I hear him, what he does. You know, he, he's good. I, I trust him. I said, that's great, but it is illegal. What well, he's just the, the information he's just given to my client is 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 actually illegal advice. And I said, look, I'm quite happy to talk you through it. Look, mate, we, we're both trying to get the same thing done. But I'm gonna tell you two things. Number one, we can't use we can't use a buy to let mortgage for this particular reason. Number two, if I if you use a bridge, you're getting paid quicker, just FYI. And it's funny how that changed things very, very okay. very, very very quickly. Talk. Um and um but yeah, it was just the the, the straight away that the 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 inability to want to listen to just being educated, and actually, I said to him off the back of it, I said, "Look, now that you know this, it's actually better for you because when you see these big houses, you can you can sell them to people as, um, you know, this could be a great property that can be converted into an HMO, and it's a good area for HMO as well. So, and then now you also understand how the finance of it works. You know, there's more business for your for your mate over there as long as he can get his head round that the, the bridging is, is a really good option." So I do that with agents all the time. I love having conversations with agents, and and I think a lot of the time, when you do, you know, have take the time to talk through how different finance options works, it, it actually opens up, you know, options. It's amazing how many um, agents I speak to think that unmortgageable properties are unfundable properties, completely different thing. And then I talk them through what bridging is, and they suddenly go, "Hang on a second, I don't have to sell this to a cash buyer." I can sell it to somebody that's willing to use a bridging loan.
1: touching on bridging loans, by the way, because there's something we've all, we've done in the past with um, with, a, with our clients. So we had a, a client who was buying a property, and no one was going to buy this property because I think mm. it was unmortgageable but not unfinanceable, like right. I said there. So he went and bought this property for like 110 k at a auction mm. with a bridge. And I was like, you know, it's risky, but let's have a look at it. So I went around there and said, if you do this, this, and this, and this, I reckon I could probably get you $200. 45k, wow. 250-ish. So a massive market. Mm. And uh, we did, did the work about six months later on. He called me back. He was like, it's done. Went in there. I was like, a few more things to do. He did a few more little touch-up items. Mm. And then he had a th- few other agents out. And all the other agents were like, oh, 220, 220. I was like, look, we're going to do this. We're going to set this on fire. So went out to the whole took the marketing team there. Drone, everyone. Imagine.
0: Yeah.
1: Get the market. Open day. Sold it for 255k. Mm. Wow. That's to, so good. Uh, he was buzzing. I was buzzing. He had faith in me. He liked me because of the way I operate. And then um, the guy buying it bought it with a bridge.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: because of his finances were in place. Right. He was so employed. So he bought it with a bridge. And I don't know about the bridge now, but I think he's paid it off. But he bought it to, to buy it, to live in it as a home. But he had to... Get his next year's finances in the year after, then remortgage property, pay the bridge off then. Of yeah. But bridging is not that bad. If you can't buy it with your own mortgage mm. and you reckon you can spin it around in twelve months and you factor any in interest into your plan, mm. it's an a
0: rent I, I say this all the time. If you're the best investors I know, do not get hung up on interest rates. Because it's actually not about the interest rate, it's about does the deal work? The deal work. The figures And is- at the end of the day, if you're doing a you know a Let's a flip as an example. The two things that you you're looking at really are how much have I got to put in and how much profit am I making? Everything else is relatively irrelevant as long as you are hitting those two things. Um, and I actually had two I had two situations really quite close together actually a couple of years back um, where one went for it and one didn't. And the one that went for it, this was a he um, was a first time buyer, first time landlord, and he wanted to buy a ready made HMO. That is not an easy thing to fund. <laughs> Um, Found a mortgage lender, <clears throat> at the time, it was quite expensive, it was 5.5% two years ago. So that's quite expensive. But the cash flow he was making was higher, net, the net cash flow he was making on that was higher than if he'd used that same money to go and just buy a single let. So it was a no-brainer. Even though it's a 5.5% interest rate, head no, but he could. He could. He could. He could. Say, so, relatively similar situation, apart from it was actually, it was a conversion. It was an HMO conversion. And um, he said, oh, God, yeah, I can't. I just, bridging loan it's just it's going to cost me 11 or whatever i'm like yeah but you're gonna you're gonna pull x number you told me you didn't want to put any more than this into the deal you're not putting you're not putting any more than that in the deal you wanted to make x amount of profit in terms of you wanted to pull x amount of the money that you put in back out you are you have actually exceeded that it's actually better and then at the end you've got a cash flow that's going to stay stay there for life because we're going to refinance onto a you know, normal hmo mortgage so you're hitting every single target that you want to hit with this deal, and you're walking away from it because you don't like the fact that you've got to pay for a bridging loan. And he walked away from it. And it yeah, just, yeah. it, it, it didn't, it grated on me a little bit because I just saw, I've got to be careful as well as, as a broker. I can't be seen to be like forcing clients <laughs> to do things. But at the same time, I do just go, I don't understand. Like, yeah. like I would just do that deal. Like it just makes sense. And we had a very clear exit. The guy had had some experience, um, which is for HRM mortgages is quite a big thing. So we we could have pretty much gone to the entire open market for the mortgage. He was going to get a great mortgage for it, and what he was missing was it's a, a bit of a bit of short term pain for 25, 30 years of amazing cash flow. Yeah,
1: but it's, it's the old saying is they they can't get their heads around it. The, the woods through the trees, they can't see it. They're just stuck on us. The simple yeah. figure. Maybe
0: that's my fault as a broker. No, I'm know. not illustrating it enough. But
1: maybe explaining it the better way. Uh, it's a difficult one because. When we're selling houses and the landlord, the, the buyer comes in and says, I'll offer you, say, 9.52. Nine, mm-hmm. And the vendor goes, I want 9.56. And I'm just like, there's only four grand there. And in the grand scheme of things, four grand is nothing when you're buying a nearly pound house. Mm-hmm. But we, sometimes you can't get them to agree. Like, he won't come up, he won't go down, it's just like, stay on my, Anna, just break me. I it just breaks me. I do what you did there. Like, I just can't figure it out. I'm like, why don't you just do it? Yeah. I can't force them to buy it, I can't tell them to buy it. I to like in the way I run my business. I'm like, if I was you, I'd be looking at this and thinking four grand on a mortgage over twenty years, you wouldn't notice it. Exactly, it cost you seven grand, maybe eight, maybe nine. Mm. You wouldn't notice the repayments ever. Uh, it's worth it. And they just say no. It's all about stubbornness and like standing on the ground. And people think they they want to be the last person to get their price, and they don't want to get it done. I, I get it. With rentals, it's the opposite. By the way, at the moment, the rentals is just <laughs> put it on. Well, how much? Add a bit more.
0: How far, how far can it go? I wanted to talk to you about the market and stuff. How far can the rental market still go? Is there still room for, for increases you reckon over the next Average month? salary, yeah,
1: potential. But it's like looking like 50s, 60s pound increases. Look at the average salary in the UK, about 30K, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And what can you borrow? You can borrow 30 times your uh, your monthly rent. Your monthly rent, because if it's a thousand pounds, you must have a 30K salary. Mm-hmm. So you get two people on 30K each. You can have 60K total. You can do about two grand on rental on the mathematics spectrum mm-hmm. done by the referencing companies if you have no know other costs at all. Yeah. So two grand, I think, will max out at a 2 bit flat. That's where it's going to hit, I think. That is... What is it now? It's in of Jan 2023. Yeah. I reckon by summer... You could be touching two grand for a two-bed. We're hope already not. at fifteen hundred. Well,
0: I hope not, because that's not what—that's nowhere near what I pay. I know. So. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: as an agent, our job is to look after everyone, but essentially, our clients pay us the money. Course, the landlord, yeah, so absolutely. we yeah, absolutely. Trying to try and get the most money for them. Yeah. But the tenants, I do have—I have—I feel sorry for them a little bit. Mm. And it's—they want to buy houses, but I just don't think people are going to buy houses for forever. I think we might become a bit more European, like
0: where yeah. there's more rentals. Well, potentially, especially as well with. You know, we're going into the first recession we've ever had PD permitted development rights for changing commercial into residential. Of course, most of the time, if you've got a commercial premises, you will convert that into flats. You've not got to convert it to houses. Um, so there's going to be a lot more flat, you know, um, apartment stock, I suppose, well, coming on for rental.
1: We, Ian McLeod from Burnley City Council Head of yeah. Planning, we went to that speech the other day. They're trying mm. to build 135,000 units by 2042. Yeah. It's going to be impossible to do that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and if it does do that, it's going to flood the market with loads of properties. And potentially, mm-hmm. could bring down the price, but the, the, the population is growing as well. Exactly. Which you touched on as well. Yeah. So the population is growing, supply is growing. You're not really breaking a deficit. Yeah. You've got the same problem.
0: You're just making sure it doesn't get worse.
1: Yeah. The issue is right now, there's not enough properties in areas where people want to live, where the good schools are. People, It's for sales as well. Mm-hmm. In certain areas, the sales market won't drop. Yeah. Certain areas where the schools are great and it's got good amenities and great transport links, those rentals are just going to hold a solid. Uh, my brother lives in North London. He's paying two and a half grand rental. And I thought he was mad about, about three years ago. And now, now I'm looking thinking, it's pretty standard. Yeah. Like two to two five is going to be standard for a house. A two bed flat, one eight to two grand is going to be standard for a rental for a flat. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the good thing is the standards going up, like the levels of the properties, the quality is going up. And if you start dabbling that as an agent, you're dealing with better clients, better tenants, better landlords. Everyone's better in the sense of this. It's just more vanilla, less stress. And for a business model, it works quite well uh, than if you're dealing with like um, supported living your whole life where you just got drama after drama. And we have touched on that. Supported yeah. living. We realized it wasn't really where we want to be in this uh, in this industry. So we've tried to gone towards more like... like corporate lets and mm. high end luxury rentals and sales what we noticed about the sales market by the way in November as soon as the interest rates really went up a big big jump in November I just noticed like it just went mad it went just off the face of the earth no inquiries yeah. no vows I was like really worried December we accept December's quiet we have done for years we still got through it which we have. We always have done for years January it just gone mad really Yeah, we're not high volume on sales we've sold everything we've listed this year well, this is one big one from that video mm-hmm. the way it connects and that's got over to there tomorrow Um, and everything's selling and if you value it right or will sell over asking. So it's not but there is something coming I think around the corner. I don't know what it is but I feel like it's it's too good to be true what's happening at the moment. It's mm-hmm. still a lag from the previous from all the COVID nonsense that we had where people couldn't get houses now they're still buying them now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's what, around the corner like the biggest recession is coming. The guy that rich dad poor dad. is saying like it's absolutely going to hit the rock bottom in America.
0: I think it will do in America. In America, I think they've they've all they've always like played a bit fast and loose over there with their economics, um, and so that it means that their highs are very high and their lows are very low. You know, we we the, the whole of the, the last recession was down to there. Lack of understanding of their own like financial system. Oh, gosh, um, for. Yeah, <laughs> the whole thing was their fault, um, and you know, they haven't really learned their lesson of that, to be honest. And um, one thing I, I I always stand by with the, with the UK economy is we can it can take as much of a battering as you like, but its bounce back ability is always very very good. I know it's not necessarily the same, but um, a good example of this was when the um, Cele- September eleven attacks happened. The um, the economy in America obviously took a dive. Um, It didn't, I can't remember the exact time, but it took like over five years, I think, to get back to those levels. I know it wasn't as big. When we had the 7 7 attacks in, in the UK, we had a similar drop in our economy, like instant drop. It returned back to those levels within a week. So, I think that we've just, we, we've got, <laughs> just forgot everything. Oh, yeah. we just got a bit of, I just, I know. No, I think it's just that, 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 I do think people have got confidence. this is why, this is why it was so weird when, when, when I came over to yours, we were, we were talking about, about this, that what happened with the Trussonomics and Kamikaze quasi or whatever it was, when they did that mini budget, I think it sent a real shock to the world. Cause everyone's was like, hang on a second. The UK, like they really know what they're talking about from a, from a financial perspective. What's going on? It was a shock. And that's yeah. why we had that run on the pound and, and all that kind of stuff, and you know, we like him or lump him, um, like him or not. Sorry, Rishi's come in, and he has created a bit more stability. Him and him and Jeremy know their numbers a little bit more, and and it's kind of got us back to a point where people are going, "Oh yeah, good, no, the UK's UK's okay again." Um, and actually, a lot of the a lot of the investment because a lot of people been talk about the lack of or the, the drop in investment internationally into the UK. That's not because people don't see us as a safe haven for their money. It's because they're tr- they're struggling with their own economies. Okay. You know, the U- the U S investment into the U K has dropped by a, I think a third or something in the last couple of years. But that's because all the businesses that would be investing are concerned about what's going on over over the over the uh, the pond, and they're they're sort of just they're pulling back. So it's not like they're going oh we are choosing to pull out of the U K. They're just pulling out of everywhere. So. um and that's, and then, but now we have, you know, slightly more investment from China and the, and the Middle East and places like that. So it all kind of, it's all swings and back roundabouts. But I think. It's,
1: it's, the interest rates, by the way. So, mm-hmm. direct correlation as soon as interest rates rise, if people stop buying houses, rents rise. Yeah. So, landlords first, you want to get back their money. Mm-hmm. The tenants, there's more people looking to rent houses because they can't afford to buy mm-hmm. temporarily. So, there's, there's more, there's less, more people. Therefore, they're taking all stock. Yep. Rents increase. Yeah. Every time the government do anything after the last like five years, rents go up. Yeah. Every legislation piece they
0: bring in, rents go up. And this is why, right? So, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. I I just think that the whole country just like hits on landlords like far too much. Landlord bashing? Yeah, landlord bashing is like a thing. Do you know? I was in I was in, in my local over Christmas, um, down in <laughs> London, and somebody in there said to me, the only way that this country's uh, property market can get back on track God. is if all landlords are forced to sell all their properties <laughs> and sell them to like big companies that will just rent them out. I'm like it's exactly the same thing. I was like it's, it, exactly but it's, worse. Yeah, but worse. They're standards. And 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 I said to him, I said, why is that? And he goes, well, you know, landlords are just yeah, you know, just greedy bastards, aren't they? I'm like, they're not. It's a it's just a business. You know, you go around like you say, but you get around the world, people. The rent rental markets like it's, it, all rental. it's all normal. It's normal to rent. And I, I just yeah, I just I don't really necessarily get this there, there's probably an element of jealousy in it. You know, this the media. People go the media bashes. I wish I, I wish I had a um I wish I had a portfolio that I could I could just rent out. And well, how do you to
1: buy, buy a buy a property you need twenty-five percent deposit, maybe twenty percent on a very good day.
0: Yeah.
1: If the average house get real cheap on a hundred grand yeah property you can have 20 grand in deposit you can have a thousand pound in legal fees and you can have mm. a bit of stamp duty tiny bit of 3%, three percent i think three yeah. grand so you need about 105 grand to buy your first buy select which is going to get any sort of rental income you know 25k you'd take a while to save that wouldn't it yeah and, absolutely and then if you're spending all your money on avocados and on toast and cafe neros and drinking you know, 10 pints on the pub on the weekend mm. you're quickly going to spend every single bit of salary you've got want to get as the become a landlord or invest or increase your wealth or your net worth you've got to sacrifice cut out all the nonsense Mm -hmm. and save money properly and plan to buy something absolutely 25 grand yeah to buy a 100 grand property
0: yeah
1: it's ridiculous back when when i first started mex in 2009 just before that with the crush in 2006 you get a 100 percent mortgage yeah of course 110% Hundred and ten percent mortgages. Yeah. Buy-step mortgages have only been around since I think nineteen ninety two.
0: Yeah.
1: You know that? Yeah. They've been around forever. Mm. So a lot of landlords have come to the market since ninety two to now. And I think I think it's amazing. I love meeting landlords who've got like five, six houses and like hearing mm. a story about how they got there. Yeah. I know one guy, his granddad came to England from India and they bought a property. And now they're like three hundred properties. And the granddad's passed away. He's now passed down to the kids and their kids. Yeah. And he's one of my good clients right now. I don't mm-hmm. use him all the time because his property's like mainly HMO style-based. But some of his high-end stuff we get. His, the story is just amazing. It resonates in my head. But I would love to have that sort of legacy for like my grandkids. I know. So they talk about my, they talk about me, how I speak about their granddad. Mm-hmm. And that'd be amazing because I'm building this business from scratch. I started with 100 quid. And uh, took risks. It's working out now, but I'll leave a legacy where I can, like my kid, my grandkids can benefit from my business and my way of life and my mentality Yeah. and my mindset because that is the legacy you want to leave, you know, forever.
0: Totally, and, and you're, you're heading that way, mate. Honestly, I hope so. like like I've said to you before, I don't want to like labour the point too much, but I, I do. It, it's quite evident that you're doing things differently, so I've got no doubt that you, <laughs> you will, you will, you will end keep up keep going. Absolutely, it's not. It's not overnight. We've been doing we employed our first
1: social media uh, apprentice 2018 so mm. it wasn't that long ago we started the journey
0: but a lot earlier than a lot of places yeah. would be doing
1: that yeah so in 2017 we started dabbling with videos mm. 2018 we started going full role then 2019 we employed full-time and then we've just grown and grown now we've got two in the marketing yeah. team because you need to in the marketing team because if i want to run a business i can't be doing anything to do with the strategy and planning and marketing i can execute it but i can't be planning it and mm. like it works well. We've sort of got it, introduced to each other through social media because yeah. I went to that network and I went and Abdul was like you got me to Sam and I already followed you by the way. Yeah. he did follow me back. You have now. <laughs> Sorry. We, we can't stand that level. It's quite nice to people, two like-minded people in property. They're happy to get their face on camera, happy to talk. They want to get their message across. Sitting in these lovely studios. It's it's the interesting way of about running a business, isn't it? It's not it like sitting by a desk all day and like writing and.
0: But it also it's uh, and you, I think you alluded to this a little bit earlier on as well about about it's it, it's about getting to know the people and I think nowadays with business <clears throat> the the people aspect of it yeah you know Mex is becoming you know a much bigger brand in the in the Birmingham area because obviously you won the best, best letting agent in Birmingham award recently. Yes. just why drop that in there for you mate Um <laughs> that's about two years in a row two years in a row there it go it might be
1: three it might be uh, silver gold gold right so yeah but the last two years been gold that's, yeah. that's a good achievement for a small company but as well we're not a volume agent mm. like we're not doing 100 yeah, a hundred lettings a month
0: we are doing it right
1: but we're doing it right. right so we're getting reviews yeah. from the people which and then resonates into but it's
0: also nice awards. that you know you, you've got the next brand but then you've got the Sammy brand yeah. On top of that, and you know, I try and do the same with Grand Union. You know, people are starting to get to know Grand Union a little bit more, um, but realistically, it, ca- it came off the back of me, like you say, just sticking my face on the camera and telling people what's going on. And it's actually easier than a lot of people realize it is to just do those very basic things.
1: The hardest thing is the the head getting on camera because people want perfection every time, and if you yeah. make a mistake, they will just say they'll delete the video and try and start again. That's expensive. No. Can't do that. My our first videos were landlord and legislation. So telling landlords about gas services when they do. And uh, we call it landlord farming. And we learned from Chris Watkins. You go and stand outside other agents' houses and talk about why your landlords should buy that house. And we got to about 30 of them. And people are like, what are you doing? It's like, just... I've been trying to do it. So I'm doing it. I'm working on it, and it works. And it just got me into like buying cameras and mics mm-hmm. and start tripods, and I have got all the gear now and like gimbals and everything. It just got it started my journey somewhere. You had to have some content to create in the first bit of content, and now some agents. There's one around here doing a really good job of it. It's called they call it the Landlords Society. The well, landlord anyway, and they're, they're smashing it from it. Mm. And we're thinking about restarting our landlord farming. Uh, we've got a group with hundreds and hundreds of people in it already, but we're yeah. not feeding it yet because we create so much content. We're thinking about going back into that to even get more landlords on board. Yeah, and
0: that's what you need to be doing. And and it's nurturing. It's, it's, it is an element of innovation, isn't it? That yeah. you're doing things that, well, what's, what's the phrase? Um, like, see what everyone else is doing and do the opposite. Um,
1: <laughs> Non-status quo. Yeah. And, we haven't um, even touched on my database system that we use, but that's that's a whole different, that's like a data-driven agency. Mm-hmm. Believing in the data, studying the data, learning the data, having AI and algorithms that study your your database and like tell you when to call people. It's quite clever stuff we've got. We haven't touched on that, but that is the way it's gonna go. Like when you go on Amazon and you buy like uh, for example, a ski socks, the next thing they offer you is like, you probably wanna buy uh uh butterclover. Yeah. It's like that's pretty cool so we're trying and, really and, it simple. and
0: it lets you just add it in with one click. done
1: I'd love it if you could like rent a house like that that could happen one day pearl bricks have tried it but they're just they're not very good at customer service and they are good at like answering emails so it didn't really work but someone could do it but if we could do that where like you're just a client you go on some website and we know you're a landlord because of the content you're looking at and it just goes oh like did you realise it was send you a blog like read this blog it's about how to be a better landlord it just naturally does it to you yeah well, that's that dynamic website. That's even nothing, so I <laughs> just stop talking about it because like, all the people listening,
0: <laughs> the yeah, how far down the rabbit hole are we go with oh, this. But, but obviously, look, I want to get everyone following you guys on yes. socials. So, before I let you go back to doing your day job, yeah, um, tell everyone where they can come and find you, how they can contact you, and if they got if they are a landlord in the Harbourn area, how they can uh, rent their property <laughs> for you. That's a lot of questions to remember there.
1: So, firstly, I'm gonna talk to the camera here. firstly Instagram, Mex Property, and Sammy Mubarak Property. They have the two, uh, what are they called? Handles. Handles. Mex Property is also on Facebook. Same handle. We'll we'll, we'll put it into the It will be in the show notes, yeah. And if you're a landlord and you're looking for a refreshing agent, someone who will talk to you and listen to you, someone who's going to get you the most money for your property and look after it with an award-winning service, you just got to get in touch with me through Instagram, Facebook, or my mobile phone number, and I'll be happy to chat. I can value it. I will. I will look at the property, and see how we can get more rent for you. Because at the moment, essentially, it's all about rent. Get you the most rent, and that attracts good people naturally. And that's how you can get hold of me: Instagram, Facebook. We do a bit, a little bit of LinkedIn, but I'm not really pushing LinkedIn. LinkedIn is more B two B. We're like a B two C business, so we're pushing that side more. Uh, but the handles are there. And, and what was the final question? Do um, you remember the that was it. I you've covered everything. <laughs> I covered it all, but yeah, it's been great coming down. It's been great to be interviewed because normally I'm on the other side because yeah. I've been doing this and this. I've been doing this for years, like interviewing people, but I haven't really made it into podcast. I've done more of a video cast, but we're now working on the podcast now. So yeah, good. We'll see that in a couple of couple of months
0: coming out soon. Absolutely. No mate, thanks for coming over. Thanks um, for chatting with me. What episode is this, by the way? What number? It's episode, It's going to be episode a hundred and eleven. Maybe like one, 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 one one Yeah, 1-1 or maybe 1-1-12. Either one,
1: way, it's yeah. been lovely being here and yeah. I appreciate it. I Even
0: mean, <laughs> I've forgotten how many episodes I've done. <laughs> That's good though. It's a
1: good solid effort That's <laughs> the last couple of years, you
0: know. It's good yeah. to do it. It's good. No, well done. look, thanks for coming over, mate. You're always Cheers, welcome Mac. to Thank come you. along and be a guest. Thank so thanks for listening. Cheers, See guys. See you again next time. Take care. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favor to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.